another run with them and we're going to look at some Tokyo Joshi Pro at the bequest of one Christy or Smark Infested as you know her on the Twitter there. How are you mom? I'm really excited because I've been trying to get this to happen for about three years now. Yes. And two of them I was gone but the rest has been just me going every couple of months. Can we do a Tokyo Joshi Pro one? And it's finally (laughs) here. Yes, it is. We did look at Tokyo, Tokyo Joshi Pro with Ashley about two years ago, but you were, you were no longer an internet person at that particular moment in time. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> timing was shit. <laughs> but now we are back on Tokyo Joshi Pro. And to be honest, not a lot's changed too much since me and Ashley did this two, about 18 months ago. Um, it was the, it was, no, it was, it was less than that. It was about 15 months ago. It was Wrestle Kingdom week. It was the same day as Wrestle Kingdom last year, basically. It was just mm-hmm. before everything went to... So, yes. Um, so, we have got a, a card from um, Kurikan Hall, which is on the 17th of April, called Still Incomplete. And it had all the championship matches you could possibly want. But let's go back to Tokyo Joshi Pro. What are your thoughts on Tokyo Joshi Pro as a promotion? Because it's, it's, it's a rarity in the sense of... It doesn't have the matriarchal figure that, say, Stardom did with Nanai Takahashi when it started, or um, Choco Pro, or Gato uh, um, uh, Move does with Emi Sakura, or Sendai Girls with Meiko Satomura, or Diana with Kyoku Inoue. It's very much its own thing and doesn't have a real kind of identity from old school Joshi. So what drew you to the company in the first place? Um, I think it was because someone had shown me some DDT and right. a couple of Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers showed up because there's a lot of overlap, obviously, between uh, the three brands that are predominantly on the their network. Yeah, well, there are more than three, but the big ones are DDT Noah and Tokyo Joshi Pro. So they showed up. And I was like, who's that? And I think it was Miu, um, the the ace of the company. It was mm. like, who's that? I want to see more of her. And so I got the subscription because I was like, well, I want to try DDT. I want to try Tokyo Joshi Pro. This might work. And then yes. I watched the first show. I watched both a DDT show and a Tokyo Joshi Pro show, and Tokyo Joshi Pro is the one that really stuck with me. Stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, also because I really wasn't watching women's wrestling, not a solely yeah. women's wrestling promotion, and I really wanted one. Right. And it turned out that that they hit all my buttons as it is. That's really cool. I like that. I mean, I'm kind of a history guy, and you're not a history person. Because no. I'm not saying you don't. You you respect the history of professional wrestling, obviously, but I'm kind of like history geek on this podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, this is going to be a really interesting podcast because you're not going to be the one who can tell me, you know, she wrestled that person or on that show. Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like, yes, I know these wrestlers. I'm well aware of these wrestlers and the awesome work that they do. And obviously I can relate to the stuff I've seen them in, but not being a week to week Tokyo Joshi Pro fan, which I hope to be because I, I, I actually bid the bullet and I got a Wrestle Universe subscription this week. Not just for this show, but it seemed like the opportune time to do it. And you get a free month, by the way, if you would like to get a Tokyo Joshi Pro, because essentially the big cyber fight, that's the company that owns Noah, DDT, and Tokyo Joshi Pro, are putting on a big show later in the, well, later in the next couple of months, which will be a big cross promotion between, to celebrate all three companies. So now seemed like the right time to get into cyber fight, yeah. especially as. Our friends at New Japan have been inconsistent. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> um, uh, or as Marcus, Marcus, Marcus sent us a message over Twitter yesterday after listening to me and John groan our way through um, wrestling Don Taku, and uh, he said, I'm, "I'm meant to come and join you, but I'm kind of glad you watched it for me." <laughs> you know, what's really interesting to me is that I don't feel that way no. about New Japan. I, it might be because I was gone for two years. I think no, that really I think, helps. I think what we well from what we saying like me and John last week is there's loads of fun stuff, just not anywhere near the main event. And yeah, yeah, but then I'm. It's happened before that we had to ignore a main event. Yeah. So that's mm. not the, an issue for me. I think what it is is that you guys have been watching year in, year out. Yes. And at some point you get fatigued. Yeah, And possibly. also you still have the memory of the stuff that you really liked in the back yes. of your mind. Whereas I haven't been watching anything for two years. So I didn't see all of that. For me, it's like brand new again. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I think you're right, we have probably got fatigued on it, and we do try and not look at stuff when we're not looking at New Japan, especially John, because John watches everything else in Japan. Because <laughs> he watches everything that's on Wrestle Universe, and he watches a lot of the Chuckle Pro stuff, and he watches Gato Move stuff. Um, basically, anything deathmatchy he's into. So, yeah, he gets a much more varied kind of diet, and I only have time to watch a certain amount of wrestling. So it tends to be New Japan orientated. So now's a good time to take a break and watch other things. Not that we will give up on New Japan, because I know a lot of you listen to us for our New Japan coverage, which we will do, but we're trying to broaden everyone else's depth as well as our own, which was what the point of this podcast was in the first place. And if we just do one promotion, that's not broadening anyone's depth, is it? No, and Tokyo Joshi Pro is great. Exactly. As I know, we're on DDT. Yeah. So let's just move on. Before with the first we match. get into it, though, let me just say that as much as I am a fan, I'm not a, I'm not an expert at Tokyo Joshi Pro. Mm -hmm. Like I watch everything, but I'm not knowledgeable about it the way I might be about New Japan. That's so fine. If, if I say something that's incorrect, please don't yell at me. No, no one yells at you, Christy, because you're lovely. Well, it's also because I feel like I need to explain stuff to you this podcast. <laughs> which is weird <laughs> and okay. if I get it wrong you won't be able to correct me on some things so I'm like no. eh. <laughs> but is the thing and this is the thing I found watching it is Tokyo Joshi Pro is fun 
It can you can you can it's not as like let's talk, let's talk about the opening match a little bit here because I'm watching this opening match which is Marika Kabashi and Sena Shiori and they defeat the most important part of the I haven't show. got to that bit yet I'm going to come back to that in a second <laughs> okay. okay go ahead go I'm ahead. not going I'm not skipping okay, okay give me a second so they defeated Arasiendo and Maku Miyamoto in eight minutes and thirty nine seconds we'll go back to the beginning in a minute okay, okay. but the match was fun like it wasn't super stiff it wasn't serious serious dramatic wrestling in fact it's a style of wrestling where i think in other joshi promotions they probably would have got a clip around the ear roll for not being stiff enough but i didn't care because it was fun and i enjoyed the pace and i enjoyed it and they weren't trying to murder each other and it kind of brought me into the show nicely yeah tokyo joshi pro has a lot of matches that are just matches yeah. Um, which is something I like because some promotions need a storyline for everything. And yes, I'm the storyline girl, but it's also <laughs> fun to just throw some wrestlers together and like have a match. And that's what yes. Tokyo Joshi Pro does. They have storylines and then they have the lower card uh, multi-man w- woman matches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Multi-woman matches that are just fun. Yeah. And this, that's what this was. But let's go back to the very beginning. And would you like to explain what happened? There was dancing and singing. Yes, there was. Yes. It was very cool. Um, and that's something typically, uh, very typical to Tokyo Joshi Pro is the, the idol singing. Yes. And it kind of is, it's probably actually the most historic thing about Tokyo Joshi Pro in the sense of, we talked before about the history in the history of jo- Joshi all the way back to um, the beauty pair, they were rock stars. They sold records by the truckload. And Tokyo Joshi Pro have kind of taken that element on board and developed it much more, I think, than most other Joshi promotions. Ice Ribbon were famous for their singing song and dance routines in their shows, in some case in the middle of matches. Um, whereas Tokyo Joshi Pro is kind of, again, it's more fun, if you see mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, um, watching, like, uh, some of the stardom, the early stardom stuff, they actually had professional dancers come in and singers come in and do stuff rather than the wrestlers themselves, which is which is reasonable because a, a lot of the, the girls couldn't sing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in this, they can sing, and they are really good, well, and I really enjoyed some it. Some of them can sing. As a professional musician, I can say that they could sing really well. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I won't complain. <laughs> but I really like uh, the Up Up Girls, as they're called. Um, yes. I really like that, that they're always the introduction to every show. And the crowd may not be as into it as I would be if I were there. Yeah. Um, but it's always really exciting to see them and uh, to have that introduction. Like, oh, yes, this is a Tokyo Joshi Pro show. And the up-up girls are here to basically introduce themselves, but also to be an introduction to the entire brand, really. Yeah, that, that's the bit that kind of like, it intrigues me, is the sense that it's um, it's really part of the whole presentation of Tokyo Joshi Pro. It's like they're a bit of the heart and soul of the company. Yeah, and it's also for me, because when I got into it, they were rookies. The other yeah. girls, they couldn't do a thing. 
Um, right. Like they debuted in in 2018, really early on January, and that's when I got into the promotion. So it's like yeah. we're growing, um, <laughs> and becoming better wrestlers together. It's really strange. I, what's the name of their ring announcer? Um, Sayuri. 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 She's really good. I liked her presentation as well. Yeah, is, she's great. And also trying to like sort out microphones because she's got like the infamous Kurikan cable microphones where cables <laughs> just fly all over that building. Um, yeah. You know, Jay White probably spat in that two days ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what the microphones at Kurukan Hall go through. Well, they're like they're a COVID, they're a COVID hazard by themselves. Sorry. COVID reg- regulations mean they should be cleaned regularly, right? They should be, but there is no way to clean a microphone regularly. Horrible things happen to microphones mm. in their lives. I will not go into the depths at which microphones sink. Um, in their lives, especially in places like Kurukan Hall. <laughs> but, um, yeah, could be grim. But, um, but yeah, it's, 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 I, don't, I doubt they get that cleaned. <laughs> I, I, I have fear. I've met sound engineers. I was a sound engineer. Um, so, yeah, we'll, I, anyway, anywho, I'm getting far from the point. But, yes, the Up-Up Girls are awesome. I really like them, and I really enjoy their work, too. And I think, again, it kind of like everything's fun with this promotion, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And, and they're all excited, which is even the heels are excited to be there. Well, most That's the other thing. There aren't really many heels, is there? No, there's like there's a few heels and then there's people who enjoy being mean. Yes. But they're not like... Murdy. But they're not terrible people. No, they're it's all just, kind of like mildly annoyed. Yeah, mildly, <laughs> I would call it. Yes, but it's not like mean spirited, is it? No, the only one who's mean is uh, Saki Sama. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one. Fair enough. Shall we talk about this opening match then? Yeah. So it was a match, like we said, that is just a match for the sake of having a match and puts people on the card. And I liked all of these people, and they were really, really cool. Have you got any notes about our four friends here? Well, I've written down, I'll tell people who are listening, I've written down all the debut years. So if you're ever <laughs> curious when someone debuted, I know that now. Um, there you go. And the one with the most experience here is Marika. Okay. Which is interesting because she's 19. She's only 19. Right. But she's already uh, got about five years' experience because she debuted when she was really young. Yeah, this is another, again, another common theme for, for Joshi in general, which um, has been, you know, picked up within Joshi starting young because, like, their dojo starts at 16, I think it is, isn't it? Mm, yeah, well, Mariko would have been 14. Yeah. I mean, like, the youngest we've had is, like, um, I think, like, no, not eight and nine, isn't it? Um, I can't remember when. Was it? Um, huh. I'm trying to think who it was. Yuki, Yuki Sakazaki. 
like mm-hmm. started at a ridiculously young age and like Jim Ross was pointing out like at the age of 21 she's by far the most experienced person in this match that's <laughs> <laughs> why she's like 23 and has had twice the experience of anyone else in AEW um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah that's also how I looked at Marika I'm like oh she's really young but she has about five times as much experience as the rest in this match yes because that's that's how that's how this works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there the other three either have about a year experience or less. Yes. And but again, they're all they're all solid wrestlers, and it's good, <laughs> nicely paced mat work, and nothing particularly stiff. And it's just fun, isn't it? That's what I like about this. Yeah, and I really like Endor. Uh, Arisu Endo, yeah. because she's um, she's got the least exper- experience out of all of them, but I really think she has the feel for wrestling. You, you can't maybe tell yeah. in this match, but I've seen uh, a lot of other matches from her, and you wouldn't guess that she only had a couple of months experience wrestling in front of a crowd, if a crowd at all, because of COVID. Um, yeah. And I think that's really impressive. And the other two as well. But I think that Endo particularly has a lot of talent. So I'm curious to see where she'll go. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of presence in this as well. Like, mm-hmm. the they look like well-rounded presenters of their <laughs> style, if that makes sense. Yeah. Without I, being overly I, stiff. Yeah, I, I do think that Marika is clearly the one with the most experience because she's playing to the crowd and also to the referee, yeah. which the other <laughs> three aren't doing yet because no. I think they're just too focused on, oh, I need to do this move now and that's what happens then and they're not there yes. yet and she clearly no. is. Yeah. Uh, but I think all three will get there eventually. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it's it's a good selection of rookies. It's good for the company in the future. You know, this yeah, is. And a, they have so many rookies. That's what I liked about Tokyo Joshi Pro when I got into it. There were so many young new wrestlers. Yeah. And they were all like learning as they went along, and as I kept watching, like uh, what I said about the Epop Girls, that's with the others here as well. I really enjoy watching wrestlers grow. Yeah. And Tokyo Joshi Pro gives them a lot of opportunity. Like, if we compare it, and I'm sorry to do it, to New Japan, <laughs> the, the young, sorry, the other promotion I watched. It's, it's okay, it's fine. That's the way it's going to be. Um, New Japan has the young lions who wrestle a lot, but they don't get to be individuals yet. And in no. Tokyo Joshi Pro, they get to be individuals from the very beginning. Yeah. Except for that, the up girls, but that was their thing. So yes, but the, yeah, the, but there was obviously an idea in the dojo of what they wanted to do with them. So therefore, yeah. I think this as well is like it kind of marks it out as well because if you look at look at traditional Joshi products, like the girls in Marvelous, the rookies all wear swimsuits like the old days, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't really have. They don't really have characters. They're just wrestlers. The only person who really was was Manami, who came through from Marvelous. But she's better than any woman rookie I have seen in 20 years. She's absolutely astounding. And her rookie run 
like Mako Satomura was trusting her to headline Sendai Girls events as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So you know how good she was, really. You know, um, whereas uh, with TJPW, it's there's a sense of presence and they've got they've got room to grow because they have a character when they start they've yeah. got like, uh, a sense of well you, this is what you need to be doing and this is where you should be going so there's there's a much better track for them to follow them isn't there really about like their expectations are kind of set um but you can you can that's a good thing because it gives you a chance to grade them to the wrong word but follow how they develop and how fast they're developing yeah and also it allows them to get the crowd invested without being a perfect wrestler, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. if all the rookies look the same and act the same, then they can only stand out by the way they wrestle. And these yeah. rookies aren't comfortable wrestling yet. That's why they're rookies. No. So this is an easier way for them to connect with the audience yeah. through their characters. Yeah. A bit of... Um, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Marika's finisher there. It was kind of like a semi Blucha style submission and um, a Minoru Suzuki special. Because Minoru Suzuki was doing that the other day to some poor unfortunate. I think it was Yo. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yes. So, someone's been watching the right people. <laughs> well, she, she does like certain wrestlers a lot. If you look at her last name. Yes. Indeed, That's an homage. Indeed. To to the to your uh, Kenta Kobashi. Mm-hmm. Yes. The current well, former Global Honor Crown forever gone global honor crown champion, I believe, was the title he left Noah with. Yeah. <laughs> After they massively insulted him by firing by letting him play, <laughs> firing him for no apparent reason when he retired. Um Yeah. Um shall we move on to the next match? Yeah, sure does indeed feature Up Up Girls, Mio Watanabe and Reiku and Pom Harajuku. I'm getting that right, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Just call her Pom. It's easier. And they defeated Haruna Niko, Mahiro Kairu and Yuno Manase in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. And again, an extremely fun match. But I liked the, the advancement. This is slightly more serious considering, you know, the three fun-loving comedy characters that are on one team. Um, but again, it's kind of still fun. But there's a little more stiffness, there's a little more drama, there's a little more importance put on the match, and I think it's cool. I like the way they steadily ramp up the drama rather than just like, here, watch this, bang! Which is sometimes means you lose a little out, doesn't you? Yeah. And yeah. Yuna Manasse is really experienced. Yeah. Do you know her from other promotions? Um, I'm trying to think where I've seen her before. Um, I'm going to look to the cage match and see where yeah, I found her. She's from not before. in Tokyo Joshi Pro, technically. She used to yeah. be, and then she left. And now she visits to kick people's asses, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and to teach well, girls how to wrestle. Yeah, I mean, when she started off in World Wandering Stardom, so... That's where I know her from, obviously, from the, the early days. Um, uh, yeah, she had some big matches there. She would, yeah. Uh, her debut was with Kari Hojo, so that or Kari Sane, as she's known to WWE fans. Um, but she's yeah, she's wrestled all over the place. Wrestle one, she's done some time with Freedoms. She's a hardcore wrestler too. <laughs> 
Um, she's done a lot, and that's what I know from her. Like, I know she's been all over the place and that she's really experienced, but I've never seen any of those matches. So, <laughs> so they, well, this year alone, she's worked for DDT, obviously Tokyo Joshi Pro, also YMZ, and uh, Seed Lining, as well as Stardom, and uh, one freelance show, which. Um, she wrestled, oh, it was um, Geke no Fuji Joshi Pro. Um, uh, it was an ice ribbon show where she wrestled with uh, Imanari against Miyaku Matsumoto and Chris Brooks. Because Chris Brooks has wrestled everybody. At this uh, point, yeah. Yeah, because Chris has decided that uh, whilst he's in Japan, he's just going to wrestle whoever he can get hold of. <laughs> um, well, I actually do. Yeah, you'll do. Come here. I wish to wrestle you, sir. Are you Mom. a wrestler? Yes. yes. Let's wrestle. Yes, let's wrestle. I, I in a matchbox on on a street in Tokyo. Let's have a go. Let's have a go. You only have two weeks' experience. That's fine. But bear in mind, he finished. I think it was fourth in the Tokyo uh, Tokyo Daily Sports um, uh, Gaging of the Year awards. Who was first? Oh. Guess who? Um, who was second? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember who was second. It would have been, it must have been Juice, I think. Ah, uh, that's okay, I guess. Yeah, it'd be Juice or David. One of them two, and I think then Chris was like fourth, or somewhere along the lines. So yeah. 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 Anywho. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yes. Okay. John's favorite wrestler, by the way, Chris Brooks. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he likes his deathmatch stuff. Or I won't say he's his favourite wrestler. I think he was the favourite person he interviewed. And, oh, okay. and, he, and he does love Chris Brooks matches. So, generally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, moving back to this. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, um, Mio Watanabe is my favourite upper girl, by the way. That's really cool. I can see why. Oh, okay, explain to me why. Um, because she's happy. <laughs> yeah, because all my favorite wrestlers are happy, like Goto and Desperado, and that that's, well, <laughs> not true. <laughs> but yeah, she is, because she is, um, she is happy, and she's also got a lot of charisma, I think. Yeah, she's, definitely. She's the one who always leads the the above girl song. Like she talks to the audience the most, and she's really comfortable that way. And I like that about her. She was that way from the very beginning, if I remember. And she's always been my favorite above girl. And I think you yeah. need to have a favorite above girl if you want to watch. <laughs> Tokyo so at the end of this show, I'm going to ask you who your favorite above girl is. So prepare. <laughs> okay. All right. You're giving me difficult questions now. Well, that that's my job, right? I didn't think it was. I thought it was just a couple of mates talking about wrestling. No, no, no. I have lots of questions for you. Like, and they get more difficult as the show goes on. <laughs> okay then. All right. No, that's um, a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. I do like Watanabe as well because a because she's kind of skilled she she's clearly skilled but again it's very much that 
it's kind of like the British style of wrestling, the the um, holiday camp wrestling, in the mm-hmm. sense of it's very much sing along a wrestling with what she does, but she does it incredibly well. And because of that, the crowd's always got something to to root for. And those characters long term make great main eventers because as they get more serious, you kind of grow with them. They've got room to grow. There's 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 like it's that kind of wrestling is nuts and bolts basic wrestling. And then you add layers to that character and add development and that's how it makes it a character grow. Yeah, and she's also become the strong one. Yes. She's a strong up-up girl. <laughs> strong style up-up girl? Yeah, even uh, Yuna Manase, she was uh, carrying around on her shoulders. Yeah. So, really impressive to me. Yeah. So, uh... And do you oh, know what, what Raku's favorite thing is? What's that? Trains. Okay. Why not? You didn't know? <laughs> I did not know that. Are you not on Twitter? I am, yes. I don't think I follow her on Twitter, though. How dare I will you. now follow her on Twitter. Now, she's actually a really big Trains fan, which okay. is also why she does the um, put someone on the on the mat and then walk over them thing. Okay. And she did it by herself this time, but usually they make it into, like, a train. A thing. Yeah. All right. I see. That's really cool. I like that. That's very DDT-ish, isn't it? Yeah, like very, very literal characters. I think she's physically the least secure one of the three up-up girls. Right. So she's taken the character side yes. of it, things. She's more a character wrestler right now, to me, than the other, other two are. I like as well. I like Pom too. She's cool. Why is she dressed in a kilt? The thing is, this is a new costume. Like, this was the first show she had that on. And I actually really like this one compared to the other one because the other one made her look like a clown. Yes. I think that's the point. Trying to get away from the clown stuff. So. (laughs) You don't like clowns or DDT don't like clowns? Maybe both. But I... (laughs) Tom is not my favorite (laughs) character in... Tokyo Joshi Bro. I just, I don't like clowns. Okay, then. So is that the reason why you've never watched AAA? Probably. Because AAA loved their clowns, because Antonio Penna loved clowns and and, um, always had a heel clown group in in it, in the group. Yeah, that's not the reason, but let's go with it. Let's pretend that it is. Let's just make stuff up (laughs) for entertainment purposes. Yes, you can no longer watch AAA because you might see Murder Clown. Yeah. I hate clowns as it is, and murder clowns are even worse. So, <laughs> thanks. Bizarrely, he's a baby face. Um, Wrestling is weird. Yeah, well, you obviously started off as a heel, because he's called Murder Clown. <laughs> but anywho, let us move on. To be fair, we call Suzuki Murder Grandpa as, like, affectionate. That's a yes. nickname, like, oh, look, it's Murder Grandpa. Yes, exactly. Mio um, going for this powerbomb does does not look like... Oh, she, she, ooh, she, got, up, she got her up. That's that's really cool. But she are, you, are you watching us? I'm watching as I go, and I'm just like... That, I'm like, you know, she's trying to powerbomb um, 
Manasseh, and I'm like, that, that's really? <laughs> and she got her up, but then didn't. Yeah, so, she's strong. Yes, she's strong. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely fun match. And yes, you're right. I think the Upward Girls are awesome. And I think this this match was really, really cool. Um, and kind of demonstrated where they all are, really, in the card. And, yeah, and it, they improved so much. It's so, it's so nice to see. Like, me being gone for two years is not good. Yeah. <laughs> but it also allowed me to to go back to Tokyo Joshi Pro and see all these rookies as full-fledged wrestlers. Yeah. And that's just so much fun. Like, okay. I never would have expected the Up-Up Girls to, to main event shows and stuff like that, but they've mm. already done it. Like, yeah. at least Miu and uh, Hikari, I think, have main evented shows in singles matches. So it's just great. No, it's really cool. Uh, have you got anything to say about the other two people on the other team, uh, Neko uh, and the Kirus? And <laughs> yes. The Cat and uh, Kiryu. Um, Neko debuted with Palm, and I think that was right before I left. So I yeah. don't have too many memories. I just know her as the cat lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Neko means cat, so it's very on the nose, this one. Um, yes. There, traditionally, there has been many cats in Joshi. Yeah. Ice Ribbon had a couple of cats, um, including one who had a tail that you could actually arm, the tail bar, if you will, and she would oh, scream. God. I know that her, <laughs> her tail gets played a lot uh, with a lot too in matches. Yeah. And it, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really enjoy the cat characters that much because no. I, it's it's weird to me in a in i don't know how to explain it but the others all, are all real people you know yes and so why would your somebody thinks they're a cat yeah. <laughs> yeah unless it's a fetish thing and that's also not good no i think i don't think it's I, Tokyo Joshi Pro is so wholesome. I don't think it's a fetish thing. I don't think it is, but I'm sure no. there are a lot of dudes. Yes, yes, exactly. Or into the gimmick. Yes, and it's um, maybe not fair on her. That yeah. That that's how it makes me feel. But yeah. Yeah, I I understand that. That's that's understandable. Um, but yeah. Uh, what was I going to say next? Yeah, I do. I I think. Uh, Neku's obviously probably got a little more going for it with the character and stuff. Kairu is not a bad wrestler when he strikes the imagination from what I've seen of this. Obviously, it's difficult to difficult to give like guidance on someone I'm watching in a six-woman tag match and she only gets about three or four <laughs> minutes of ring time where she's on the defensive all the way through. So it's not, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not getting a fair shot on her. But uh, yeah. I think she's also the one with the least experience. So, which is the reason why she would be getting her ass kicked for, yeah. for, for three or four minutes. Yes, but yes, it it's still cool. I still like it a lot, and I think it's still fun. But it's kind of like upping, ratcheting up the drama a little bit to make it more more interesting. If you don't want to, you want to kind of like a uh, guide to stuff. The cage match people found five point four seven for the first match and six point one five for the second match, which is actually a lot higher than a lot of New Japan opening. Matches, okay. to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Um, in fact, it was higher than the last time putting matches for the for wrestling Dantaku. So there you go. 
Anywho, shall we move on to the next one? Yes. <laughs> Mio Yamashita defeats Akira Noah in 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, someone's very happy about that. Would you yeah. care to explain why you are so happy about that? Mio is by far my favourite wrestler in Tokyo Joshi Pro. And I yes. might have a bit of a crush on her because she's just Aww. that cool. She is dead cool. She is she like, is so you know, cool. Masahiro Chono cool. She's badass <laughs> cool. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I do like her for that a lot. Um, I also, I mean, I also liked Noah too. She's really cool as well. But you could tell just the presence that Miyu has as she walks into a ring. And this starts a lot snug, more snug, a lot tighter, a lot stiffer. They're going for a lot of uh, armbar reversals and stuff, and everything's pulled in tight. <laughs> and there's a reason why she's the ace. Like, yeah. She's amazing. And Hikari Nala is also amazing, by the way. Like, she doesn't have as much experience, clearly, as Miu has, but she brings so much to the table. And if John yeah. were here, I'm sure he'd say she's his favorite wrestler in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Because yeah. she's a hardcore girl as well. Yeah. Did you see, well, her match with, um, uh, who was it, Rina Yamashita recently? Yes. Yeah, I heard about it. But I didn't see it, but yes. I saw it, even though I'm not into hardcore stuff. I watched it. Yeah. Because I thought that she deserved it. Because this was her big batch, like her, her one of her first, either her first or one of her first main events. Yeah. Um, and it was a big thing. So I was like, I'm going to watch it for her. And it was okay. They didn't really kill each other. Um, <laughs> but it was really stiff and looked like it hurt. And thumbtacks were involved and the usual stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's cool. I I I think as well, there's a lot more girls are getting into deathmatch. I hate to say they should not use the word girls. There's a lot more women getting into deathmatch wrestling because they want to, and it's an artistic choice that they mm. want to do it, and not for. I mean, we had this discussion like this week because, um, well, people were asking about stuff, and I did types. I wrote some more about Megumi Kudo, and every time I write about Megumi Kudo on Twitter there's a big stir because everyone was like, but how could she do these things? And how did she do that? And and it's like, well, she wanted to make a statement as far as her wrestling was concerned. That's the reason why her and combat Toyota did that stuff. And this is the annoying thing to me. And this kind of tells you the same thing. Combat Toyota did just as much hardcore stuff as Megumi Kudo did, but Megumi Kudo is the acceptable, good looking girl. And therefore, mm. and combat was a big lass. You know, she was strong, big, tough woman. But we always talk about Megumi being like, she was great, but combat was just as good. And it's just because combat was not a traditional beauty that she doesn't get as much kudos, I don't think. I don't think she was technically as good, but like she was like still as hardcore as they come. Yeah. But I think, yeah. It's also this weird thing where people seem to think that bigger women don't hurt as much yeah. when they do that stuff. Like, oh, it's okay. She can take that chair shot to the head because she's bigger. Like, yeah. there's no logic to that. <laughs> yeah, but no, this this is 
the thing we're getting a lot more women making these choices i think as well um just because they want to charlie evans of course is a deathmatch wrestler she's done lots of deathmatch stuff um especially in australia uh because there's more opportunities bigger market for it there um i was like this is the this is the bit that fascinated me is Miu's shoes shoot shoes are kind of like just really thick socks aren't they with the tendons attached to her feet so it actually just looks like she's like had the skin taken off of her feet i've never really looked at her feet that way <laughs> i guess that's your thing and uh, no mine. just something just something <laughs> i noticed i was just like i do like it, there's a lot more japanese wrestlers where wrestle barefoot than they did but a lot of them are stopping doing that because it's not safe. <laughs> no. No. And like Asuka, who uh, obviously wrestles in WWE, when she was Kana, famously always wrestled barefoot because well, she, I think she started wearing shoes and then as she went further into her career, she just gave up on shoes and just started wrestling barefoot, but went to WWE and started wearing shoes for safety reasons because WWE kind of insisted. Um, mm. And now she's, she wears shoes all the time. But a lot of her trainees didn't wear shoes either. Um, and it just intrigued me that, that there's a lot more Japanese women wear shoot shoes rather than full calf boots these days. Um, because I think they, I think it's more comfortable for smaller people. I don't know. But yeah, it just, just intrigues me that sometimes when you see like different footwear to uh, the norm. Yeah, um, I, I wonder if it has to do with her being uh, so heavily focused on kicking as well. Yeah, probably. She probably would prefer to wrestle barefoot, but just for safety's sake, doesn't. <laughs> like because her kicks are amazing. Like that yes, final one. I, I, I rerounded a couple of times because I wanted to watch it again. That was amazing. Yes. Also, knee strikes are really important to her as well. Just th- strikes mm. in general. She's got a very... Yeah, that's why her name is the Pink Striker. Yes. Um, so she's kind of very Kenta-style offense, isn't she? As a, as a comparison mm. to a, to a yeah. wrestler. And like Big strikes, big knees. Um, probably... I'm trying to think. I, there's no one really like her in men's wrestling. I, actually, I'm trying to think now. No, there isn't really anyone like her in men's wrestling. Um, and, yeah, she's got a fairly unique offense, but I'd say, like, the mix of knees and stuff kind of, like, reminds you of Kenta and Nakamura, but it's a well-rounded mix, definitely, and a lot of improvisation, and all with their style. Also, the fact that uh, Noah has got such a good ground base in mat wrestling and stuff really pushes Mia to do different things in this match, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, she has some amazing bridges, like creative yes. bridges, the way she uses to pin people, but also to get into moves. I really like that. Like, she like, she likes hardcore matches, but she's not afraid to mat wrestle as well. Oh, there's a lot, um, a lot of her stuff kind of, like, reminds me of a lot of World of Sports-style things, like Zack Sabre Jr.-style wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of Johnny Saint-style escapology stuff. Um She's got a real mix to what she's, what her mat works like, which, like I said, is she's not that experienced. She, you can tell with some moves like her drop kick isn't as crisp as perhaps it could be, but that will come with time. For actual like her ability to like mat wrestle, 
is great because that stuff you can't write down into a match layout. You just have to do it. And she comes up with different stuff every time. That was really impressive to watch. Yeah, and her thing is also drop kicks. <laughs> yeah. Lots of them. Yes. Hey, it worked for Manami Toyota, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it works for her as well. It's just yeah. it's it's fun. She can sometimes pull out like four, five, six of them in a row. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I'm not sure what to do, let's drop kick. <laughs> I like that. When That's in a cool doubt, way, drop kick. An incredible exploder as well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like just hurling people across the ring. Always impressed me when small people hurl others to slightly larger people across the ring. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That whole kick as well. The, the kick for the pin is yeah. like, holy shit. It looks brutal. It does. Um, however, it, it as well, it's, it goes against the flow. Because she's kind of on the losing end up until that point. Like, um, Noah is kind of woman handling her, if you see. she That was the, just looking at that explosion. She just got exploded across the ring. And then, then she gets up and it's she kind of pulls the win out. But that's kind of how wrestling should be. Because, like, it doesn't just, like, always go. Wrestling shouldn't always be build up to the big finish, should it? Yeah, and to me, it's also, like, Miu was not playing with her, but maybe not completely into it the way she would be um, with someone. Uh, yeah, a different opponent who had more experienced. And then she's like, oh, wait, let me just be serious for a second. And she kicks her head off. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. I really enjoyed that. Shall we move on to the three-way tornado tag team match? Yeah. Mirai Mayumi and Suzume of B-Star defeated Magical Sugar Rabbits, Mizuki and Yuki Sakazaki, and Hyper Misawa and Shoko Nakajima in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. And incredibly confusing, because it was that fast-paced tag team match. I wrote down the same thing, like that it's a talent that um, they're all able to keep things straight when it's so fast-paced and so confusing. Yeah. And the rest as well, like... Hats off to you, my uh, good sir. Because <laughs> it's well noted that I'm not a fan of the three-way dance, I must admit. But this was entertaining fun for what it was. So, you know, I can forgive it when it's actually entertaining. Like, a lot of three-way dances are just there to excuse someone losing, if that makes mm. sense. You know, and yeah. it's just like... And then it becomes a series of spots. And you've only ever got two people in the ring because you can't always have three people in the ring. And then it, and then it's just boring. Um, oh, then you have to wait for him so that person can come in and it, and it becomes maths and it's no longer a wrestling match. Um, and, you know, and many people have pointed out, including, you know, Cornette, but he's right. Is the, <laughs> like, he's right for once. For, for once. But it's like, you know, I can't remember. I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl this year, but they didn't have to play the New York Giants straight afterwards, did they? <laughs> you know, this the, the wrestling rules should be wrestling rules for a reason, and you shouldn't deviate them from them on a regular basis. Whereas the rest of this card is straight-up wrestling matches. This is fine. This is doing it correctly. It's a bit special and a bit different in the middle of the mat, in the middle of the show, which I which I think is cool. Yeah, and it's it's also has four of the most experienced wrestlers in the company. Yes. And I think and you can tell. 
Yes, and a lot of fun stuff in this as well. Yeah, but that's also what I saw. Like, they are so comfortable wrestling that they can do whatever they want. Yes. They don't have to wait for their spot. They're like, oh, and then we're doing this, and then we're doing that. And they can really get creative with the whole thing and and make it messy and look looking like it's disorganized because they're that, that good. Um, because uh, Yuka Sakazaki is in there. Now she has the most experience, I think, maybe, in yes. Tokyo Joshi Pro. Or maybe Mizuki has, but she wasn't in... Tokyo Joshi Pro when she debuted and then you've got no. um, Nakajima who debuted roughly the same time Sakazaki debuted and Hyper Missile also has quite a few years experience already so you have these four amazing wrestlers who've all been in various title matches or the main event or whatever um, and it, it makes it into a very fun match because you don't it doesn't look like they're waiting for their spots. Yeah. Um, you see, Sakazaki started in 2013. Mizuki started in 2012. Um, Sakazaki was a LLPWX wrestler to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, a shoot-style wrestler, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's cause this is about as far away from LLPW as you can possibly imagine. <laughs> You know, well, I, I like their tag team though. Like uh, Sakazaki and Mizuki are, they look like they're cute and bubbly, and they are, but yes. they're also mean. Yes, but I don't think it's mean. I think it's just experience. Yeah, but they're <laughs> also mean because they will pull on your hair and have a giggle after afterwards, and they're not terrible people. They're still likable. No. But they're also, they're not afraid to use their experience against their opponents and, like, bully them a little. Yes. And that's kind of, like, as well, that's another trait of certain wrestlers in Joshi history. Like, Minami Toyota wasn't really a babyface because she just got cheered. (laughs) (laughs) She was not afraid to break the rules if it meant the difference between winning and losing. And that, that was kind of, like, part of a her prestige was just like, it's just like, she's going to win. She will figure out a way to win. If that means clobbering you with a chair and opening the referee is looking, she's going to do it. Um, you know, and I think you can kind of have that and still have a certain amount of like, still be respected as a baby face. If you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's what makes them fun. Yeah, exactly. They're going they're They, it's so clear that they're having the, the, the time of their life while wrestling yes. and while hurting their opponents. And that, that's what makes it fun to watch. Yeah, that's it. And Mizuki's then you've just got... fighting people at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she looks like she's this dainty woman, but then the moment she steps into the ring, you can tell that she really isn't. No. Yeah. And then you've got oh. the superhero. <laughs> yes. Hyper <laughs> Misao. She's both the best and the worst superhero there ever ever was. <laughs> is it like is she in like Captain New Japan levels? Where is she in the Captain New Japan grade of bad superheroes? I actually never really got to watch Captain New Japan, but um, if I understand this correctly, and people can correct me if they want, because I didn't watch all of it. 
<laughs> she's like <laughs> she she acts like she's a superhero who's there to save everyone and to be nice, but she's actually not. She's a terrible human being <laughs> at times, <laughs> and she's mean and will cheat and like she fluctuates between being an actual superhero and being. Uh, I don't know what to call it. Someone who's a, a using flawed, that as a guide yeah. to do evil things. Yes, she is. I like that too. That's an interesting take. And what about Shoko? Um, let's pronounce it. Yeah, Shoko Nakajima. She's a, a little big kaiju. <laughs> a big kaiju. <laughs> She's, um, she had, recently had a match where she wrestled against Hyper Mizell, by the way. Um, yeah. I, th- we s- they, I think I saw that. I've seen that match. Be- not that match, but I've seen them two wrestle each other before. Yeah, and they had, uh, like, kaiju figurines. Right. And they hurt each other with them. <laughs> that was, yeah, and they had to get... I think it was the same match where they had to grab balls that were tied to the ring ropes, open them, and see if they got a point or not. Like, mm-hmm. if it was a golden ticket in there, they got a point. And then the first one to get to, like, three or five or whatever it was, won the match. I'm not sure if that was the same match. But it, basically, they've had some wild matches. Yeah. It, 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 yes. I mean, it is, like... Um, it, there is nothing really like it in any other form. I mean, the Sakura Hirata is... You know, we've talked about her genius for comedy wrestling elsewhere, but this is a kind of like a whole different ball game, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, and I also like that a lot of the tag teams in Tokyo Joshi Pro are former a- enemies. Yes. And these two wrestled each other, were really mad at each other. Um, Shoko Nakajima lost and then had to be like a different character, a, a superhero version of herself for a while. Yeah. And now they're friends and they wrestle together. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, our middle uh, winning team, B-Star, Mira Mayumi and Suzumi? What are they all about? They're very new. Um, yeah. Both debuted in 2019, I think. And Suzume is uh, the one with the least experience. And she's a B. Of course she is. Well, not, not technically a B, but that's her inspiration. Like She has a lot of stuff on her Twitter and that's what her top is supposed to be like um, a beehive kind of thing yeah. that mm-hmm. makes sense yes and then Mirai I don't know how to pronounce her last name Mayume <laughs> I guess um, yes Mayume yes she's I think you would like her if you got to watch more of her because she's as a singles wrestler yeah she's at the hard hitting bruiser strong woman type of wrestler yeah again this is sorry i'm gonna say again it's difficult like obviously it's difficult in a three-way match to give like clear like ideas of what everybody's about because Mm. you know everyone gets a spotlight to a certain extent and the other two teams have dominated throughout most of the match so it's sometimes tricky to get, get a good feeling yeah, which makes sense because combined they have like 20 years more experience than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, we, we have had plenty of bees in wrestling before. Uh, she's a cute bee, though. Like, I really like yeah. her. She's 
like comparable to Mia Watanabe, like she's she's excited and likable. Yes. And that's why I like her. If I had to pick one of the newest wrestlers to like, she'd probably be my first choice. I think she's got a feel for wrestling as well. Like I talked about Endo in the beginning. Mm. But she has she doesn't even have a year of experience yet. And I think she could have a decent singles match if she wanted to. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And they won, which surprised yes. me. Yeah, because the the bigger names again, it, it it like not knowing anything, not knowing a ton of stuff about the promotion. There was um, it was a surprise to me because they just didn't have that much time in the match. If that makes sense. Yeah, it was a you surprise know, so to me like, as well because they have little experience, and the other team are both other teams are both established yeah. as tag teams as well as main eventers. Yeah, but. What I wrote down was, never would have guessed they'd win. Maybe they'll challenge for the titles later. Yes, that that would make perfect sense, really, wouldn't it? Because then they're just basically fodder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But for yes. for no, them, it'd so. be a, a really fun and new experience, I think, because I don't think they've had many title opportunities. So. Yeah. That's really cool. Um uh, on a B note, the current president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, the charity that looks after retired wrestlers, is, of course, B. Brian Blair of oh, the Killer okay. Bees. Tech team. There you go. Just thought I'd like to put them there. Not B. Brian Blair. Jumping Jim Brunzel. Into, into yes, and B, uh, Jumping Jim Brunzel. I apologize. Not B. Brian Blair. There was the other guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, let's just, shall we move on to the next match? Yeah. Oh, uh, are we doing the Up Up Girls at the end? Which is your oh, favorite Up Up Girl? Or do you want to do yes, it now? Yes, we'll, we'll do the fa- we'll, we'll, we'll tease that towards the end so people can stick around <laughs> and make sure they listen to it. Um, we had an international princess title, which is Yuki Kamifuki successfully defending against Nao Kakuta in nine minutes and two seconds. And this was a very fun match. I have to agree. And again, we're kind of amping up the seriousness because it's a title match, and the uh, international princess title is the kind of the secondary title. I hate to use the phrase secondary title. There are no secondary titles because they all are worth something. But it is the it is the um, they're not the big one, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not the main title. Yes. Um, and I have seen Kamifuki wrestle a lot before. Um, in Tokyo, Joshi Pro, and in different places as well. And I really like her work. Um, I also like uh, Kakusu as well. I think they're both great. And so this match was really, really cool. Um, and I really enjoyed this. What were your thoughts on it? It's actually really fun for me to see Kamifuku because mm-hmm. when I left, she was recently debuted. I think she had about a year experience behind her. Yeah. And she was trying, but it was clear that she wasn't fully in control of her body yet. Like, she's very tall and lanky. Yes. I yeah. think it's sometimes difficult for wrestlers who are that tall and that lanky to wrestle well. Be graceful in the process of it. Yeah. I think she was still finding herself, and I think she's really found herself now. And this belt is perfect for her. Like, it's basically her belt at this point. Like, I know she's going to lose it. 
<laughs> spoilers. <laughs> but um, it, it's just perfect for her because she's fluent in English and she interacts a lot with people online and she's she's gorgeous as well. Like, yeah. she's a very complete package for an international title. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think she was... Oh, she was either challenging for when we looked at the Tokyo Joshi Pro with Ashley. She was either challenging for that belt, or she was already that champion. Um, and yeah, she, you're right. She has got. She's so different to everyone else in Tokyo Joshi Pro because she is so much more statuesque. But she's not like alpha female big. She's just kind of tall and yeah. still kind of athletic, kind of looking. And so therefore, she's a completely different style of. Joshi because she doesn't really go for big mat games. She's kind of more of a brawler. She uses her reach to her advantage in her wrestling, which you don't normally get to see very often in Joshi because everyone's kind of around about four foot ten to five foot two. You know, they're all kind of the same height, they're all kind of the same weight. So it makes her stand out. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and it's she uses her legs a lot, and I like that. Yeah. Like she'll be in, in her opponent will help her in, in some sort of submission move and she'll just whip out her leg and take over. And she's able to yeah. do that because her legs are twice as long as other people's legs. Um, <laughs> yes. it's, it's just so much fun to see how how great she's become because she used to be a bit awkward to me and now she's yes. so good. Yeah, and kind of She's a lot of all well, all kinds of wrestling kind of like basically goes down to how to use the tools you have really mm-hmm. well. And she does that really, really well. She you knows she's like she's got this kind of reverse presence because she could be ungraceful and gangly, but she isn't. And she may she was a little bit when she was younger, but she's got this kind of like presence that that takes advantage of her of her body style and shape and the way her gear works as well makes her look even taller because she yeah. has her boots go all the way up her thighs and are laced all the way up to the top. They don't. They're kick pads with like kind of like stockings, really, aren't they? But they extenuate how long her legs are even more to make her look even taller. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's also, her character is able to be both a heel and a face at the yeah. same time. Like yeah. she can be a, a real brat like just hovering over someone like i can't see you i'm too tall yeah. i can't see you and that's that's her thing sometimes but she's also likable and yeah. especially for a, an international audience she's some people's introduction to tokyo joshi pro um because i don't know how many other people in the promotion are comfortable speaking in english yeah and she is very comfortable because i think she studied abroad Ah. either the US or somewhere so she's she's not fluent but she's about 80% there that's really cool um what can we say about her opponent the challenger Kikuto I I liked her a lot she's much more kind of like in the traditional mold of a Joshi wrestler but that's no bad thing um but again she's I like the determination I like the never say die attitude, which is what you walk for in a Joshi, really. Um, and she's pretty snug, and she's got a lot of good ring skills. But I liked her selling an awful lot, and her character work was really, really cool. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking because I know next to nothing about her. Okay, I, that's she's fine. She's a very recent addition to Tokyo Joshi Pro. Like yeah. she has a lot of experience because she debuted in 2015, I think. Yeah. But I I really don't know anything about her. Um, I enjoy watching her wrestle. But I've also not seen a lot of single stuff from her. So it's, uh, I don't know. I also don't know what her character is yet. And you know how important characters are for me. Yeah, I mean, she uh, she started in, in Axe. Right, I can't remember the name of this promotion. Um, At Girl Z, which would mean she was trained by, um, well, she was trained by Yuna Manasse. Um, from DDT Pro, but she would have had an awful lot of interaction with a lot of old school Joshi as well. She's quite a bit older She's as well. She's trained Manasse, who, who debuted a year before her. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing, though. You know, it, that's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's like, you know, um, Akira Hokuto was in the class of 86, but trained the class of 87. She was that good. Okay, her... but that, that's a few more years difference between one year. <laughs> well, no, oh, that was 86 one... 86 and 87, no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That was one year, yeah, she she literally... Left. That's the year I was born, jeez. Yeah, Akira Hokuto was was helping build the most ungodly class of dojo wrestlers ever in, that, in the year you were born. <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me that sometimes um, we'll come across a year... Look, it happens in 86, like Suzuki's episode we did recently, uh, where yeah. <laughs> I realized he's been wrestling longer than I've been alive or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, that was, uh, I was um, Yuji Nagata. Obviously, he's on AEW tonight, as we're recording, not tomorrow night, as we're recording this. But it was like doing the math on the last time he was in um, uh on an American television was 28 years ago and I'm like I've got friends who watch wrestling who are younger than that (laughs) (laughs) you were six last time he was on American television oh wow (laughs) I couldn't even understand English at that time no it's just insane isn't it really um yeah and it's just like the maths especially like older Japanese wrestlers and you don't realize it like how long they've been at they've been at it you know, and, and also, some, especially some women, who, because they debuted at like 14. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and it's because, especially it's because they just want to wrestle. I was told, um, one of the older guys, like one of the all time old wrestlers, Ray JPW, um, has said he will never retire. He's in his 60s now. He's never going to retire. He, he has lung cancer and doesn't want to retire. He will wrestle until he can no longer wrestle. Well, if that makes him happy. That's what makes him happy? Then why shouldn't he? Yeah, the, as long as it's he, safe for other people. Like, yeah. Why not? He's always, he's had a, always had a low-impact style, so he kind of like just just doodles along and has his match, and he's quite happy. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this match, though, was a lot of fun, and both wrestlers have loads of presents. Um, I think probably... You know, just different types of presence. Like Kakuta is very much a traditional Joshi style presence, but like we were saying, like um, Kamifuku is just so unique. Um, 
a yeah, famous... She's unique, but also in the next match, we have someone who reminds me of her. Yeah. They, they remind me of each other. <laughs> I'm <not sure laughs> how to put it. I, Sakisima debuted before her, but yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Is Kabuki's uh, famous uh, better than Billy Guns? I think it may well be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, should we move on to the semi-main event? Yeah. All right, so the semi-main event was Neo Bishiki-gun, Misa and Michelle and Sakisami, and they defeated Bakuretsu sisters Nodoki Tenma and Yuki Aino to take the TJP Tag Team Championships in 17 minutes and 36 seconds. And an absolute thriller, I have to say. I These two teams I know very little about, and I was absolutely enthralled really? by because- the... By the match. Because I think Saki-sama is like Tokyo Joshi Pro royalty. Yes. But I haven't watched barely any Tokyo Joshi Pro. This is literally my second card watching it. Fair enough, fair (laughs) enough. But it's just interesting to me that you don't know that much about her and her stable. Because it's like a Tokyo Joshi Pro thing. She always has her underlings. And it, it changes, but she's always there. Yeah, and she you she may look familiar to you. Like, are we going yeah. to keep this in kayfabe or? No, no, keep to tell me. Well, <laughs> she, she's um not Sakisama in DDT. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, someone else in DDT. Um, really, a really good wrestler. Um, yeah. And then you've got May Saint Michel, who is not mm-hmm. May Saint Michel. In other promotions, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know who she is, right? Or I'm yes, she's in Gator Move, so yes, I know who she is. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's yeah, and it's kind of like that's that's a very old school DDT thing of like multiple characters in different promotions. Yeah, and I think it works so well because they're the opposite of what their other character is. Yeah. Like. May Saint Michel is this awful human being who's in love with Sakasama, and that's why she supports her that well. Whereas yeah. her other character is an Apple girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, it's the same thing with Sakisama. Like, her other character is a, a badass who wrestles men all over the place and kicks their ass and. And then here she's this dainty woman who pretends like she's a, a lady, yeah. but who will kick you in the face. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, yeah, the, you have to bear in mind, like, there's plenty of wrestlers have multiple kind of, um, like, approaches to the ring. Like, Abdullah Kobayashi, the infamous deathmatch wrestler, also has a character where he's a pig god. Mm. And... <laughs> The BJW referees wrestle in one promotion, which is kind of very close to performance art, where they're part of a three-headed alien wrestler. It's like all the BJW referees are part of the three, are part of this alien act. Nick and Lee is kind of like part of that uh, wrestler as well. She kind of like rolls around on her skateboard on her stomach. It's very bizarre. Um, they were all together know, in. Like- it's it's clear that they really enjoy being this different character. Yes. 
That's it. And it's like these two wrestling completely different way to what normal wrestling should work. <laughs> and also to differently towards uh, to each other. Like yes. they're so different. Like if you look at Saki Sama standing next to the three other ladies, she looks yes. like a tree in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> she yes, is she's so quite tall. tall. Like I don't know which of the two is taller, she or uh, Kami Fuku. Yes. I think probably her just. I don't know, trying to judge off the ring post. But yeah. And but this but this match works really, really well given that dynamic of a straight tag team versus two major character wrestlers. Yeah, and the other tag team is a, a tag team of sisters. So you've got yes. on one hand sisters who love each other and who wants to help each other, and on the other you have a lady with her servant. Yes. Like they're 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 so different, and also the the, the relationship between them are so different. Like Saki Sama, she, I mean, she likes saying uh, Mason Michelle kind of, yeah, as long as she listens to her and helps her win. But you know that the <laughs> moment uh, Mason Michelle is no longer useful, Saki Sama will get rid of her and replace yes. her with someone else because that's what she does. And that's not how the, the sister tag team works at all. No. And do you know anything about the sisters? I don't know. Um, again, not knowing an awful lot about Tokyo Joshi Pro, I did really enjoy this match. Um, but I don't know an awful lot about Tenma and Eino. So. Okay, so, so uh, Nodoka Tenma used to be uh, a different character. And mm-hmm. she was uh, Nodoka Onisan. Onisa? Yeah. I, either of the two, like the the big sister character or little sister character. Ah, it it was a while ago. Um, and basically, <laughs> she she would cry uh, and get really upset in matches. And at some point, she was like, "I don't enjoy this anymore. I want to grow up as it is." Right. And she became what she is now. And then uh, Yuki used to be the ring announcer. Right. And they were sisters, and she was practicing, I think, while she was a ring announcer as well. And then okay, at some cool. point, she debuted um, and stopped being ring announcer, and Sayuri became the ring announcer instead. Yeah. And they started out, like, Yuki Eno debuted in 2018. Yeah. So she didn't have a lot of experience, but eventually, because they really were a dedicated tag team, because they were sisters, obviously. Um, they became like one of the staple tag teams in Tokyo Joshi Pro. And yeah. eventually won the titles. Yay! But here they lose them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I think Sakusama with a title is just always amazing to watch. <laughs> like, it's it's just so much fun to me to watch her play with the title and have Saint uh, Mesa Michelle just carry it around, and it was just fun. Yeah, no, that's it. It's just a fun wrestling match, but it's plenty of good wrestling, like mat wrestling and striking and stuff going on in it as well. Sucky yes. are always. Poof. Yes, she's snug. Yeah, and, that, and she that. she also wrestles in. A perfect character style of like she's this arrogant, indifferent but elegant wrestler. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you know that unless something is going terribly wrong, she's going to look amazing while wrestling. (laughs) Like, her hair is going to stay perfectly uh, the way it was styled, and she's going to look amazing whatever she does. Like, the thing is, you can tell she's losing when she's less elegant, if that makes sense. Yeah. When she's selling, she's not elegant at all. She's gangly and horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Mesa Michelle is perfect foil for her. Like someone who's really fast and agile and really energetic and all over the place and running and jumping and doing whatever Saki-sama wants. Yes. This is really cool. I like this a lot. And it and it's it's kind of that mix of character and actual good quality wrestling that's yeah. that makes it, I think. You know. Um but this was loads of fun. Shall we move on to the main event? Yeah. Main event okay. time. Main event time. It's nice to actually do a show where we're where we're going to the main event and we aren't going oh. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah but uh, in that case, the tag title match would have been our main event, <laughs> which would have been no bad, bad way to do it. Um, Riku Tatsumi defeated Maki Ito in 19 minutes and 36 seconds. 36, 36 seconds. 36 seconds. Yes, that was right. 36 seconds. 36 seconds of another thriller in the main event. Um, I think. Makito to Western wrestling fans is probably one of the most visible Joshi going, apart from Makura Shida at the moment, um, after her short but lovable run in AEW. Um, one of my friends sent me a WhatsApp message to say, I love Makito after the first time he watched her wrestle. Um, oh, how can you not love Makito? Yes. yes. Um, and. Riki Tatsumi is Rika, Rika Tatsumi is of course the Princess of Princess Champion, the top belt in TJPW, and is an exceptional wrestler herself. And so a this dragon. Is always, and a dragon, indeed. Um, and was always going to be an awful lot of fun. And what makes it fun, I think, a lot of the time is Makito being, you know, a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> to everything, yeah, yeah. everyone, even though she is. This cute girl next door wrestler who hates everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, Maki Ito's story from the very beginning, like, I'm sure you know the story mm-hmm. about where she began, but let's just pretend that you don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, she used to be an idol, um, and the idol company didn't want her anymore. Like, they weren't too keen on her, and she had to prove herself. Um, and they were like, well, you can stay in the idol group if you get like 5,000 people to come visit you, come visit your show. And she used wrestling to get that done. She got 5,000 people or something like that. I don't know the exact number anymore. Yeah. Um, to show up. So she was allowed to stay. But eventually they threw her out anyway. So her story is, I wanted to be an idol they didn't want me, so I'm going to be a wrestler and become the most successful idol wrestler ever. But she's going, well, she's forever the underdog. She's yes. just not there yet. She acts like she's the best wrestler in the world, yeah. but she's not. And that's her story. Like, she's always, yes. she's the, 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 the forever underdog. And 
you hate to watch her lose, but she loses in such a way that you want to root for her even more. <laughs> and she's so she she has the most amazing confidence in herself. Yeah. And it's not always deserved confidence. <laughs> like she yeah. she could walk up to Minoru Suzuki and give him the middle finger. Yes. Well, it is like one of the coolest things I've seen in wrestling is um her and Chris Books walking to the ring with that sushi Anita um carrying a barbed wire baseball bat and it's like you feel like you belong there but you don't really do you <laughs> no no you should be there and i have i have, i i think you are great and i think one day you could be there but you don't really deserve to be there right now you've got a ways to go yet having said that you will definitely get there one day is she though like I'm fully expecting her to win titles, but the character that she is now should actually never be champion, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, the daft thing is, in AEW, I think she should walk in and win the belt straight away because she's mm-hmm. such a compelling character that any shortcomings she has as a worker, which she doesn't really, she's a very complete package, but any shortcomings she has... I kind of washed away by the fact that's a character American fans can get behind. Like she, she, she sells. Like she was so popular when she made a debut in the States. She should just, it should be old school booking. She walks in, she beats Sheeta for the belt and then drops it a few months later after a short run with the championship. Yeah, but that would ruin her character though. Like that's the thing. In Japan. Yeah, but, in Japan but also, it was. like her character has now become international, and also because Tokyo Josh Pro has gone international, it's like it's not bizarre world anymore where you can do something in America and then pretend it never happened. Um, her entire <laughs> story is that she is not there. She's the perennial underdog. Yes. Um, and she's she's not going to make it. And the moment you take that away from her, yeah, she loses that aspect of what makes her so special. Like it's that's her thing is trying to overcome something that she's not able to overcome. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I was thinking of like how I would book it personally, but not deep into the the, the character that you are. Like, I thought she would, had made a big enough impact in AEW in the short period of time she was there to really be a long-term investment if she stayed. She wasn't going to oh, yeah, stay. Yeah. No, I get that from a company point of view, but from, yeah. like, her character and what she's been through, like, her entire thing is that she's not good enough, but that yeah. she's trying to overcome that. So if you then put her in a new promotion and she wins the title automatically, mm. immediately, that's kind of against what her story has been so far. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think if you that. want to give her the title, it needs to be like a year or two in the making. Like, do yeah. this, make people aware that this, her, this is her story, yeah. and then have her win it. And in my mm-hmm. eye, you, if she wins the title, you need to take it off of her like the next show. Yeah. Like have it be something heartbreaking. Like she's so happy she's finally done it, and then she loses the next day. Yeah. And she has to start all over again. No, that's understandable. Maybe I, I that's, was just... that's the cruel side of me. 
<laughs> no, I just, I, it's like, I think from, you know, it, it's, it all depends as well on like how she's booked, like how much time she has. Like she clearly couldn't win anything in like two dates that she had with AEW last time when she went to the States. She had not enough time to get anything done. But I think they were just kind of gauging what kind of reaction she got. And I think they would like her back. I oh, would yeah, think, and I think they would reason. love to give her their title, and she'd be amazing with it. But I think yeah. that that would ruin the side of Tokyo Joshi Pro fans. Like, I can already see a divide between the Joshi fans and the AAW fans. People saying, like, oh, my God, they ruined Maki Ito's character. And yeah, yeah. I can already see that happening, and I, I, I wouldn't be that way, but I could understand why people might not want Maki Ito to win the title straight away. Yeah, um, there's also a lot of racist AEW fans. Oh god, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, was Just... it Cornet who said that she must be Kenny's fetish? That was Cornet. That was Cornet who said the only reason why you would book Joshi wrestlers is because you have a fetish for them. Yeah. Um, the only reason why Kurashida, the only reason why Kurashida is uh, women's champion is because she's sleeping with Kenny Omega. Was another one. Um, and we've had enough of Asians. Was there someone else's comments this in the last couple? Of oh, months? Yeah, and someone it? said that they all look the same and they don't have character while yes. talking about Maki Ito. Yes, <laughs> uh, that person what? was an idiot and a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Have you been watching it all? No, they haven't because. They have a preconceived notion about Japanese wrestlers, and specifically about Joshi, because they're also misogynists as well as racists. But Aww, Japanese wrestlers don't things. have characters. Yeah, and it's like Japanese wrestlers don't have characters. It's like if you watch actual wrestling and t- pay attention to what is going on, like let's say let's take Misawa as an example, the great one of the greatest, if not the greatest, male wrestler of all time. If you just take him as a wrestler who hit really hard and had big matches with big backdrop drivers and did a lot of damage to his neck, yes, he was that guy, but there was an awful lot of motivation into what he did to make that work. It wasn't just having big matches for the sake of him. Otherwise, no one would have paid to see him, would they? Yeah. They fell in love with the character of Mitsuhara Misawa the never-say-die attitude, the always-try-harder-than-everybody-else-and-work-harder-than-everybody-else, the supreme skill, the whole essence of the guy, that's what put a million-dollar gate in Budokan Hall every month for four years, not some guy who did backdrop drivers, you know, because every wrestler does a backdrop driver. So, you know, but it's, it basically boils down to that, doesn't it? It boils down to the fact that people haven't got the patience. And I'm sure there are Japanese wrestling fans who don't get WWE. Because it's oh. like... <laughs> I know a lot of them. They're like, oh, it's boring, isn't it? It's to just, to just like, talk all the time. <laughs> but they do. That's the reason why I don't really watch it that much. But anywho. Um, yes. We haven't talked about-, about Rika yet. We haven't talked too much about Rika. What's your thoughts on Rika as a champion? Rika and, uh... really interesting to me because she's like the same level. She has the same level of experience as some of the other men- we mentioned in the tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a bit newer, I think. Let me just check what I wrote down. 
Yeah, 2014, so she, roughly the same experience as the others. Um, but she wasn't as interesting to me at first. Mm. And I had to learn to like her. Because she's um, she, she looks at first glance like she's boring. Right. But then when you follow her for a bit, you realize that she isn't. And she's actually kind of interesting. Because I think she plays the the face role right now. Yes. Um, in a company of a lot of people who have outgoing characters. Yeah. Um, and she does that because she's the champion. But she's yeah. also crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't shine through right now. And that yeah. didn't shine through to me in the very beginning. But I've come to really appreciate her. Um, yeah. Still n- unsure about her ring entrance. Why? Why? Why the jumping? Maybe because she's a dragon. <laughs> but other than that, I actually like her a lot more than I used to. <laughs> and I kind of feel bad, like. That I I thought she was dull in the beginning and I feel bad about that now. <laughs> I don't know how you look at her. Have you seen many matches that she was in? I've seen I have I've seen bits and pieces of matches, but I've not seen as many um, as you have. But interestingly enough, I just checked through all the big names in Tokyo Joshi Pro on Cage Match, and she is ranked highest out of all of them. She has a, a ranking of nine point zero five. Yeah, it um, doesn't uh, surprise me because she's she's had a lot of singles matches. Yeah. And she's really good. Like she's um if you got Saki Sama is on the heel side, she's like on the face side right now. Yeah. Uh, comparatively. And she does that really good because she seems she seems like such a likable person. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. Just watching her wrestle. But she's also really passionate, and she will yeah. scream and slap you in the face. <laughs> Which is kind of what you want in your ace, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, you want somebody to live and die by for the company, and that's as a champion, and that's that's really where she's at at the minute. So, yeah, I can understand that. And I did watch love watching her wrestle in this match, and again, it felt much more like a traditional Joshi main event in like high-stakes wrestling. But... I think because TJPW kind of doesn't really exist in the world of the other Joshi companies, it's a lot less pressured, if you see what I mean. Yeah, they're mostly competing with each other. Yeah, they'll wrestle on DDT shows, but they're not wrestling for stardom on a regular basis and having big inter-promotional feuds and stuff. They're wrestling each other in their own universe, which I think reduces the tension and therefore mm-hmm. makes everything more fun. You can still have serious heavyweight style wrestling in that and for high stakes wrestling, but it's kind of like the opposite of the the traditional Joshi kind of approach in the sense that since the companies in the 90s started facing off against each other, it's always been about building to the next dream match. Like what well, the big storyline in Joshi outside of like the other companies at the minute is Marvelous versus Sendai Girls and the return of Gaia and how that's going to play out and what's going to happen with those two companies. Um, they had a big feud because, so they had a big fallout, a storyline fallout 
because there was a press conference for the card and Mako Satomura didn't turn up for it. <laughs> okay. And that that and uh, Chigusa Nagaya was offended. <laughs> well, I kind of um, understand why. Yes, and it was basically because Mako Satomura was in you know the UK doing an NXT UK taping, <laughs> and so it's like. Yeah, and it's like, but that was like, it was kayfabe. It wasn't real, obviously. They knew she wasn't going. But that's like, you know, seriously offending the elders of Joshi and that stuff isn't really involved in TJPW. It's characters within a universe, which is always going to make things less high stakes in one sense because it isn't like the big dream match thing. But it also means that the stories are easier to tell and they have time to breathe and you can slowly build wrestlers over a period of time rather than rushing to get someone big so they can have a bluff match with somebody else yeah and they also don't have too many factions in tokyo joshi pro like you have uh neo bishkikun yeah um but other than that there's mostly tag teams who like each other and or, or are related to each other um but even the up-up girls are in a group together but they all wrestle each other yeah like th- there's not you can have all sorts of combinations. There, there's also not a clearly defined line of who is heel and who is face. No. Like yes, Saki Sama is heel, but other than that, I could not tell you. Oh, that character is very clearly heel, because depending on the match, it'll change. Yeah, definitely, because it is like Maki Ito has a lot of heel mannerisms and does some heelish things, but she's definitely not a heel. Yeah, and um, Miu can be an asshole to people. Yeah. Um, the ace, not the up-up girl. Yes. Uh, <laughs> just to be sure. Um, but she's also not a, not a heel. Yeah. She's never going to be a heel. Like they all have these these mean tendencies that come out when they're wrestling against uh, people they want to be face, or just because they want to. Like, there are actual matches where I couldn't tell you which side was the heel side and which was the face side. And I enjoy that because some of them are just wrestling matches. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's the thing is, though this doesn't have a lineage back to those early Joshi companies, it feels a lot like early Joshi because it's just its own thing. Like, it feels like AJW in the 70s in the sense of, there was only one company. They they had this universe and this set of characters that were evolved around themselves. It feels very much like that, but it's completely new and fresh because it's got much deeper characters that Japanese wrestling audiences kind of demand these days. And it's a modern Joshi company. It feels like a modern Joshi company. Yeah, and and they train so many new wrestlers. It's amazing. Yeah. It is. And it's like... And they're all of high quality standard as well, you know, and it's not, it feels like, I mean, stardom's great, don't get me wrong, but I think it is, it became kind of wrapped up in that AJW legacy, but I think Tokyo Joshi Pro does it better because it's not trying so hard. It's trying to be its own thing Mm. instead of like the legacy of something else if that makes sense, where Stadium yeah. was very much tied up into the legacy of AJW. And it, it's grown into a company that's kind of its own thing now. But um, it's not, it's not, and it's not bad, don't get me wrong. Again, but I haven't watched enough of it lately to be really have a great opinion on it. But it, it, it felt 
a lot higher stakes in that sense. It feels a lot more serious and a lot more um, do or die wrestling, whereas this doesn't. And I think that makes this better in certain respects because it's not as heavy to watch. Yeah, it's like a lot of these matches are based on people who want to wrestle each other because they yes. think it's fun. Yeah. Like, it's not due to someone is being an asshole. It's not due to faction loyalty. It's just because people were like, we want to wrestle each other. How can we do that? Oh, do you want to team up? Yeah, sure. Okay, we have three people. They need three people. Let's wrestle. Yeah. And yes, there are some very serious matches um, with storylines and titles involved. But there's also a couple that are just people wanting to wrestle and having fun while wrestling and learning. While wrestling, there's also the there is also the feeling with this like they're not known for merchandise sales of calendars and swimsuit books and things like that. That kind of makes it feels a lot more fun as well. Like to be on the Stardom roster, you have to look good in a bikini, and it's like, or you'd certainly used to have to. Like some of the rookies Stardom used to get were like eighty pounds wet through had no at all sporting kind of <laughs> you'd like watch their rookie debuts and they'd only be there for two weeks because they were like no i don't really want to do this i didn't realize that i was going to get my head kicked in on a fortnightly basis you know um and it is like and it's a lot less like that now but it's still that's still an element of what stardom is it's still very much idle wrestling um well, that's, that's also Tokyo Joshi Pro, though. Like, it is. They, they have Miyu uh, Watashita is currently training an idol who wants to wrestle. Yeah, but it so, doesn't yeah. It doesn't feel as exploitative. Hopefully it t- uh, keeps being that way and doesn't yeah. change. Yeah. And it's fine. That, that's, what, that's the one thing I had with Stardom. Like amazing wrestlers but i just felt kind of gross that i could tell that this was aimed at guys yes that's the issue a lot of the time like it, in the early days it wasn't so much when you had like takashi and alpha female and uh that crew because they were all dead serious wrestlers and i think they had a lot more control over the product and then as it went into the middle years of stardom it started because you had good looking women from those rosters who were quite happy to make calendars couldn't t-shirts because that's, that's how they earned extra money, you know? And, but it kind of came, Oh, well it's okay for everybody then. And yeah, I don't have an issue with that, by the way. Like if we no, want to do that, that's fine. No, that's but... fine. But it is like, it's Rossi Agawa and he has history with that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, um, when he, when he was the boss of Arceon, the first Arceon show was called Opening Virgin. Holy which, shit. Which is just, frankly, bizarre. Um, especially when a lot of that roster was under the age of 21. Um, nice. So, yes, grim. But there you go. And it's like, and Rossi has kind of like uh, form with that kind of thing, as we say. Whereas Tokyo Joshi Pro is just fun, and it doesn't feel like that, and it doesn't feel like anyone's being exploited, and it feels like there's a lot of fun stuff going on, and I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's, my, that's why it's my favorite, second favorite, first favorite, I don't know, promotion. Yes, and I, I completely agree with you, and I will watch more of it. Yay! Yes, and we will do more reviews of their stuff. 
That sounds like a plan. I approve. Yes. I, I was waiting for you to finally do this because I wanted to watch this show so badly. But I <laughs> promised myself I was going to watch it right before the podcast. So everything was fresh in my mind. Um, so I've watched the show after this, which <laughs> so I already know that some people are losing their titles and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, yeah. But it was really fun to do this. And I, uh, we still have three very important questions. Okay, go for it. Number one, what was your favorite match? What was my favorite card? match? Um, I would say the main event was my favorite match because it was the most technical and I liked the wrestlers the most, I think, probably. Um, from a technical wrestling point of view, because I am the technical wrestling guy, as you are the character lady. <laughs> the character lady that sounds like i have 20 cats at home <laughs> no she's the character lady she's the character lady no no okay yes. <laughs> um okay second question who's your favorite wrestler on this roster um i kind of a tie between uh my yamashita and Rika tatsumi i think those okay. two are my two favorites because they are badasses, which is that the people I tend to tend to float towards tend to be the badasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Though oh, I, there wasn't imagine... there wasn't any there wasn't anyone I disliked on this show. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, imagine like Yamashita against Suzuki or Make Sasamura or one of those big name bigots. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'm 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 fantasy booking. Yes. I'm writing fan fiction. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm a woman. You are allowed to do that. Okay. Not we according fancy, to some wrestling fans. So much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the most important question. Who's my favorite up up girl? Favorite up up girl. Um, I will go with Rio uh, Mio as well. I think she's ace. Okay. Yes. I was actually expecting you to go with uh, Hikari. No, no, I thought Mia was ace. I thought she was good. I liked her a lot. I like that level of... Um, I feel validated in my choice. I like that level of enthusiasm. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not an enthusiastic person. <laughs> okay. I didn't I'm know mild, that. I'm a mildly aggrieved person most of the time. But yeah, no, it's useful. <laughs> okay. I think it was, I, I think I'm a pessimist, so maybe that's why I gravitate towards Mia. <laughs> Yes, we need some happiness in our lives. Yeah. Some positivity. Yes. Yeah. Is that your end of the questions? Uh, th those are my very difficult questions. Yeah. Just searching questions there, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we'd best wrap that up for today then. And that has been the Troopany Show looking at uh, Tokyo Joshi Bros. Still incomplete, which you can find on Wrestle Universe, I will stick the link on the uh, the Twitter and the Facebook messages and stuff. Speaking of which, where can we find you on the internet, Mom? You can find me at Smark Infested, or if you want gifts and JPW gifts, even though I'm not sure if I'm still allowed to make those. I think you. I think I don't think we are allowed to make that. I don't think we're allowed to look at New Japan Pro Wrestling anymore. I <laughs> well, it's more that people are getting in trouble for screen caps, let alone gifts. Yes, like, I think. Yes, Kieran, who, Kieran, well, obviously, um, Senor Lariato kind of stopped a while ago with New Japan, and uh, Kieran, who kind of took over Lariato's role 
has, has also stopped as well as he got yeah warned. i remember that time um he got in trouble lariato yeah and it was apparently because he was one posting too many gifts yeah and two of the end result so i yes. i i i stuck to the rules that they gave us yeah. which was about five or six gifts per match and no end results yes um and then it was fine but i think we've gotten past that now where no, we can't even post any gifts technically no. which I, I don't understand like it's why yeah i think it's a as i saw someone say it's a tv asai thing yeah not necessarily a new japan thing well, that's understandable, I suppose. I don't think they understand how wrestling fandom works, to be honest with you. But if you want to grow your international audience, that's how they got That's how they got big. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many people tell me that they started watching New Japan because of some gifts I've made. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's a good idea, but I don't think wrestling companies can do much about it because the TV companies who have the, own their rights are much bigger yeah. than the wrestling companies are. Yeah, and especially as that kind of becomes a thing much more. Um, it'd been intriguing back in the day if, like, Nippon TV, <laughs> if people could have gift in the 80s, <laughs> what Nippon TV would have done to them. Oh, uh, well. Um, you can find me at Sherryflinestar on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, The Troopany Show. We can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back with something else next week. Normally, a little bit inside information for you. On a Tuesday, I go into the Troopany Show uh, production chat and we go, what we're we doing this week? And we all make a decision about what we're going to do this week. Uh, today, we've already recorded it before Tuesday. So I can wow. ask you next week. So there you go. We can be a week ahead. And that'll be really cool. Wow, we're <laughs> so accomplished. Yes, we're actually five days. Normally, we record six o'clock on a Sunday UK time. That's, that's the standard time for us recording things. Uh, but this week, we're actually five days ahead. So that's really impressive. So thank you very much for listening today. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.